Hi, I'm Joss. Hi, I'm Claudia. And this is the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. We're two cousins on opposite ends of the globe with a lot of opinions about figure skating. And we are here to deliver the news, recaps, and scream about Piper and Paul finally meddling at worlds like they have always deserved. Hello, friends, and welcome to our last and final, those are the same thing, (laughs) world (laughs) recap episode. Uh, Today, we are going to be covering Ice Dance, which was a very contentious competition, especially in the top five or so. Yes. Yeah. A lot of very, very tight scores. I mean, separated by huge gaps, but (laughs) tight scores in certain clusters. Yes, it was was very interesting, as per usual. Uh, Also, just FYI, after this episode, the next one that we'll be putting up, hopefully in a couple of days here, um, will be we were able to watch the gala, which honestly should not have happened. And (laughs) honestly, they should have invited Shoma and Jason, but we'll talk about that when the time comes. Uh, We're going to talk about the gala. We're going to talk about um, Olympics spots, and we are going to talk about World Team Trophy. Also something that potentially should not happen. But we will cross that bridge when it comes uh, for the time being. Today, we're going to start with our dance recap. Definitely. But what was your highlight of the event? Because mine was definitely seeing Barbara Fusapoli with her stopwatch. And that's it. <laughs> that is my highlight of the event. Her and her stopwatch. Are just That's it. Barbara send tweet. Barbara, period. Send tweet. That's the tweet. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, obviously, as per the intro, Piper and Paul were a moment. And I'm just so, so happy that they finally meddled. The Canadian I in know. me is just ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> Sobbing with joy. Yes, indeed. But let's get straight into the ice dance discussion. And we're going to start with crowd favorites, Team Coco, and that is Masato Komatsubara and Tim Coletto from Japan. Oh my gosh, faves. Um, they ended up in 19th overall. They were 18th in the rhythm dance and 20th in the free dance. Wasn't a great competition for them, which it honestly sucks because when I watch them skate though, I find it's just so enjoyable. I don't find myself caring about their technique and their levels and all of that business. It's so peaceful to watch them. You know that they're skating because they love it and they love each other and it, it translates 100% across the screen. Yeah, I think where they lost the most points here, unfortunately, in the rhythm dance was their GOEs were actually quite low and they lost some levels on the pattern step and on the diagonal step as well. Yeah, uh, their PCS though, pretty much like 7.5 for everything and I was like, mm. Really? Have you no heart, judges? Mm. I mean, you're not supposed to judge with your heart. That That's kind of been the issue with this event is that people have judged with their heart. But... No, they have judged with their wallets. Judged uh, with their wallets. Is, I'm, I'm sorry. That is a theory. That is a theory only. But I, I love their Dream Girls rhythm dance. They have so much fun in it. The performance they give is so quality, top notch. It's just a lot of fun. I'm always here for a Dream Girls program, please. More Dream Girls, less Greatest Showman, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) Unless too darn hot. There's a lot of them out there. It's really hot. It's gotten like excruciatingly hot. Um, Why don't we talk a little bit about the free dance, though? Okay, can we start with her hairpiece? She looked like a bloody princess. Tim also deserves a tiara. Masato deserves a tiara. 
can we give them personalized Team Coco tiaras? <laughs> Oh my gosh, we should. It's like the ones that say like birthday girl, you know, Cute. Team Coco. We should call up the manufacturer. Yes, definitely. But not, we, we won't do it in like the cheap plastic. We'll do it in proper, proper style, shall we? <laughs> yeah, I'll call Swarovski instead of Party City. <laughs> They're not deserving of Party City. That's not the level that we're operating at here. Yes, but this, this free dance was it was disappointing not in terms of like how they skated but just like in terms of the levels that they got and what the judges gave them because all right starting with the music I'm honestly quite sick of how many Une Histoire d'Amours there are out there this season but this version is actually quite pleasant there's like a nice mix of soft orchestral music and it really suits them and they just make me smile so I actually quite like this skate but they only scored 99.79 in the free dance under the 100 mark, which like sucks because they were so close. They just lost so many levels, especially in that uh, one foot step sequence where Masato only got a level one and Tim only got a level two. I mean, it makes sense why, but also like breaks my heart. Uh, I honestly just am so happy that they qualified for the free dance. Even though they came last, uh, there was just like this huge cut of like 5 million teams after the rhythm dance. And I was like, do we really need to do this at this point in time in this climate? Um, But thankfully, they did qualify. Yeah. I think it was like 12 teams that got cut after the rhythm dance. And I was like, that is a lot, especially compared to pairs, which definitely... They didn't cut as many teams. No, it's honestly really a shame for, you know, some of these teams that did get cut uh, because some of these teams are the only ones from their country who came to Worlds and, yeah, not making it to the free dance is sad. Um, But thankfully, we did get to see Team Coco. True. Shout out to Holly Harris and Jason Chan, who represent Australia. Great chorus line rhythm dance. Upset that you guys didn't make the free dance, but they're young. They've got time and we're definitely going to see them in the future. Time is on your side, friends. Time is on your side. All right. With that being said, how about let's move on to our 15th place finishes, faves of the pod, Alison Reed and Salius Ambrulovicius. Oh my gosh, truly faves of the pod. And if you must know why, I'll do a small recap for you. Uh, Allison's hobbies in her ISU bio are Ugh. riding roller coasters, Netflix, and late night pizza. And it's one o'clock Top in the notch. morning when I'm recording here and late night pizza sure sounds dandy right about now. <laughs> 100%. I actually might change my dinner plans and get pizza, late night pizza instead in honor of Allison. Thanks, Allison. If I place delivery, I'll like be like pizza for Allison. No, that's that's weird. <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> what if they ask for my ID? No, just anxiety things. I'll use my real name. <laughs> just anxiety. <laughs> just anxiety things. So... Their rhythm dance is to the bandstand original cast recording and Alison's skirt just makes such a satisfying shape when she spins and like in the twizzles. I am obsessed. She needs to win awards for her dance skirts because they're always just so on point. They are extremely on point. It's just it's just so like visually nice. Hits the spot. Love it. It's visual aesthetics that are very pleasing to us. Yes, definitely. Um, There were, unfortunately, some places where they lost levels here. Um, They lost levels on the midline step, the pattern step. Uh, Their midline step was a level two. Pattern steps were level three. 
I know there was a lot of like contention within at least the Twitter community when I was live tweeting about key points and a lot of them changed around before the official results and protocols were released aka before the scores were delivered so it was a bit confusing for us watching at home when you've got that like little box in the corner telling you which key steps uh, were given but they got a no 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 yes which very disappointing but I think they still did well. They had great charisma about them and it was a really fun performance. Yeah, it was definitely a really fun performance. And I also love their free dance. I think that in the free dance, they have definitely improved uh, their twizzles from when we saw them at Ristelicum. Absolutely. And Aurora, that's all. This Aurora kind of medley, if you can call it that. I love Aurora and the music choices are so great. Another dance skirt that Allison has that is just epic. And I really like that curve lift into the rotational lift. That was really cool. It's overall, it's a really cool ass free dance. Yeah, you know, maybe they'll keep it for another season. We will see. I wouldn't be mad if they kept it for another season. Um, their score did not beat their score from Ristelicum, though. Uh, here they scored 106.89. At Ristelicum, they scored 110.13. But they were so, so happy with their scores. I smiled so hard for them. And it was so nice to see them so happy in the kiss and cry. Yeah, I'm just, I really, really like this team, especially Allison. And yeah, it was just really nice to see them happy. I love the free dance. I think things, um, I think that maybe they and also uh, folks watching were happier with their free dance and the rhythm dance. But yeah. Another team that I personally enjoyed the free dance significantly more than the rhythm dance, although I did like the rhythm dance, is uh, Marjorie Lajoie and Zach Laga from Canada. They're free dance like hardcore slaps. Like I agree. I've never liked birds more in my life. Usually birds kind of freak me out a little bit, but these <laughs> ones were right on point. Um, <laughs> why don't we start uh, first with the rhythm dance uh, to West Side Story soundtrack? Yes. So they've kept this rhythm dance from last season. They have lovely speed across the ice. Definitely improved in speed. Very dynamic. Nice and fast through the twizzles. Level four. Anyway, I like their West Side Story dance. They like really, I know Marjorie is an actress, They but they really embody their characters very well. Yeah, and they're also like so young. So I can't wait to see what they do mm-hmm. when, you know, after this quad, when folks are thinking about maybe retiring or taking some time off. Like, I'm really curious to see what these two can do and, and where they end up in the conversation of things because, like, I love them. They have so much pizzazz. Like, I'm so into them. <laughs> I know they're only 20 and 21 and it's it's been it's so weird because we've heard a lot about them because they made such a splash in the juniors and it feels like they've been around for ages but they're only 20 and 21 that's insane uh they got a flat 72.00 in the rhythm dance which was very pleasing to the aesthetic eye uh but it was really the free dance that slapped so hard from their costumes to the music to the delivery i am so obsessed it was actually legit okay i need to admit that i have never actually seen the film rio i'm so sorry marjorie and zach i told you birds kind of freak me out a little bit not my not my voluntary choice of movie Fair, but it's animated. I thought you've seen every single animated movie. No, only Disney. I mean, I do enjoy a non-Disney animated okay. movie as well, but 
fair. Birds are just never my first choice. I'm going to stop saying that because people are going to think I have a bird complex, which I don't. It's not <laughs> It's not a full-on complex. It's just like a mild aversion. <laughs> Look, as long as the bird isn't a swooping magpie, Australians, you will get that. I'm normally fine with them. As long as they don't like attack me on the head, I will like appreciate you from far away. Like don't fly at my face. That will be appreciated. <laughs> Yes. Um, for fear of this podcast becoming an aviary, <laughs> let's talk about oh my God. bird watchers. Let's get bird down to watch. bird watching. No, I would never be a bird watcher. Don't sign me up. <laughs> okay, but sign me up for this free dance. That opening stationary lift was so freaking cool. GOE, judges, come on, give more, please. Give with more hands. It was only averaging around a plus three. And I was like, mm, needs more. Needs, needs more. more. Um, the Twizzles got a level four from both of them. Fantastic. It's what they deserve. Yes. They did drop a few levels. Midline Step was only level two. One Footstep Sequence. Marjorie got a level three. Zach got a level two. A lot of Ice Dance teams actually struggled in getting the levels in that One Footstep Sequence, uh, which definitely impacted scores and had them quite a lot lower than teams are used to, I guess, in their domestic competitions. But Marjorie and Zach had GOEs mainly hovering around the plus twos and plus threes. But I don't really care. This this dance deserves all the medals in my book. Yeah, like if we're thinking about this event, apart from like Piper and Paul, like this is the free dance that sticks out to me. Like I'm going to remember this. And the costumes, they were actual fire. They were so, so, so good. They weren't like cheap and kitschy. They were like on point. Yeah, I might actually uh, watch Rio in the near future. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, that is a huge ass compliment. If this free dance can make you watch Rio, that's all that needs to happen, right? It's true. I'm a very uh, comfort movie watcher and TV watcher. So like if I had the choice to pick to watch something new or pick to watch something old, I will always pick to watch something old. So if this gets me to watch Rio... DreamWorks or whoever, who even makes Rio, I don't know. Whoever whoever was the studio behind Rio should really considering sponsoring this team. Absolutely. You heard it first on this podcast. <laughs> okay, but Zach, why isn't your mask matching your costume like Marjorie's? Marjorie's mask was like full and extra part of her costume. And Zach just had the standard, I think it was a blue mask on. And I'm like, come on. Um, I I have no excuses for him. I was trying to think of something for him, but (laughs) I have no forgiveness for you, Zachary. But anyways, uh, I I just spotted their ISU hobbies, bio hobbies, and I would really like to read them to you. So Marjorie's hobbies are diversity and inclusion, psychology, reading and learning. And Marjorie, you got a friend in me. 10,000%. And Zach's hobbies are ballet, ballroom dance, soccer, tennis, and reading. I mean, those are pretty good. That's a pretty good range. I enjoy that. If you guys want to hit us up for an interview, we are all ears and wings. (laughs) Wings. And wings. I will even pull those out. (laughs) Late night pizza. And now I feel like not bird wings, but chicken wings. Oh, God, chicken wings. Wait, we can't interview them and eat chicken wings at the same time. That seems that seems no, no. No, that seems sacrilegious. That's not appropriate. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Lest I open my Domino's app and order some pizza and wings, why don't we move on before 
my thumb orders food that I don't need at this point. Not because I moralize food, FYI, just because it's 1 a.m. and I will probably get a stomach ache because I'm mildly lactose intolerant. But anyways, <laughs> that was a journey I didn't need to go on. Let's talk about our Chinese team. Xi <laughs> Yue Wang and Xi Niu Liu. Uh, we saw them with a cup of China. They were first in dance, obviously, since this is a dance event. Good job, me. Um, but I loved them. Like, I think they have so much pizzazz. I am so ready to see them at the Olympics, home Olympics, like bring it on. Super stoked for them. I think they have a lot of good momentum considering uh, their performances, not considering what the judges award them for their performances, but (laughs) yeah. I completely agree with you. And the greatest thing is, right, we've seen them come so far already. The level that they have brought Chinese ice dance up to, it's insane. I mean, they've also got so far to go, but that's, I only say that because we can see their potential and I am so proud of them and their progress. They ended up in 13th overall and beat a lot of really good dance teams out there. So big plaudits to them. They, in my personal opinion, were robbed of scores, especially in their rhythm dance. Their rhythm dance was to Modern Times and Music by Christopher Curtis. The whole package was called Charlie Chaplin. They went back to back with Lila and Lewis. So we had back to back penguin suit teams, which was like, I was here for it. I love penguin suits. And also I love a good Charlie Chaplin program. Like Keegan yes. Messing. This is a far cry away from Lou and Mitrofanov. Like they need a Charlie Chaplin tutorial yes. from these from this team. Wang and Liu have honestly come so far, especially in PCS. Like you cannot fault them in terms of their performance quality. It's so there. They are so into it. Look at the still pictures. They are fully in character. Like, oof. I love them. Love it. I truly do. Um, unfortunately, in the free dance, they, okay, first of all, the twizzles didn't really work out. Not the cleanest of twizzles. And they looked like really tired by the mm, end of the free dance. Yeah. I was like, you guys look really tired. You can maybe go take a nap. Um, <laughs> but we talked about this in the Cup of China episode that um, because they train in Montreal and because they've been in China, they haven't really been able to train along with a lot yeah. of these, uh, some other teams that, that train there as well. So I wonder how much of an impact that had on their training and whether or not they're going to be able to go back in time to train significantly before the Olympics. Yeah, I'm not too sure whether they made it back to Canada for um, before Worlds. I'm, I don't know uh, whether that's true or false at all, but... Yeah, look, they didn't look in their top form in their free dance here. Their speed isn't really up there in comparison to the top teams, but, you know, that's something that they can definitely work on. It's a lot easier to work on that, in my opinion, compared to the PCS side. But Xu Yue did drop levels in her twizzle. She only got a level two while she knew got a level four. And their only negative GOE, high judge three, came from the twizzles. The rest were all positive. Uh, not the greatest levels in their one foot step sequence and the diagonal step sequence, but all lifts level four, good PCS level uh, and good overall GOE score sheet. Uh, so, I mean, we saw a few plus threes and plus fours as well. So it's promising. It's really promising. 
It is really promising. And I am so curious about what programs they will bring to the Olympics because these two have so much character. And I think that they could really do something magical with the right programs. And I do think that these two programs were great for them. So yeah, I agree. It was just really sad to see them not entirely happy with their score. So they scored 108.93 in their free dance. Comparatively, in Cup of China, with the same free dance, they scored 122.61. Now, Cup of China, somewhat of a domestic event this season, uh, so expect some inflation, but they there they did better in levels and twizzles, and they did get a much higher PCS, but I, I get their relative disappointment. But I think they got themselves a lot of new fans by competing at Worlds. I hope so, because they deserve many new fans. They're just so, there's something so charming about them. They really do have that. They're so charismatic. Yeah, they really are. And I. It's hard not to like them. Yes, and I'm so glad that people are starting to appreciate them. Appreciate them, people. They deserve it. Yes. Chinese ice dance teams, let's get it going. Let's go. That's enough of that. I'm never saying that again. (laughs) (laughs) But the announcer at the gala definitely did say, let's go. And I was like, "Mm, oh, no, my ears. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on to 11th place finishes and the winner of the battle of the Spanish ice dance teams, Sarah Hurtado and Kirill Kalyavin. Oh, man. And it is just honestly kind of sad that they even did have to battle and... We'll, we'll get into that later, but yes. uh, they did come to Worlds. They came in 11th, 12th in the ryth- rhythm dance, 11th in the free dance. And uh, with their rhythm dance, I don't think they, you know how <laughs> in dance class they say like, use your body to like fill the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like being a small petite person, I'm like five foot two. Um And a lot of the people who were dancing at my studio or at my company were significantly taller than me. So I had to work extra hard to dance with my entire body to fill the room. Uh, And I feel like these two could use a little help in that department. I think that they need to skate as big as the room. Yeah, I had in my notes that compared to the other teams we've seen, they don't perform as big. Uh, which will lower their PCS. That was my opinion. But that's not to say that they're not good at presentation, though. But I think that I completely agree with you in terms of they need to fill the room. Like, it needs to be bigger. Because they've got that in them. Uh, It just needs to radiate out more. Radiate's not the right word, but y'all know what I mean. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we do. It It needs to fill the room. Um, they both got level fours on their twizzles. I only got that last key point, though. The first three were all no's. Um, pattern step was level three. Yeah, could have done better. Could have done better. Uh, this was, it's really heartbreaking, though, because I know in our world's preview, we said that we just hope that they get top 10 so they can score two spots for Spain in ice dance. And they got 11th, which is, oh, that's like probably worse than getting 12th. Because they were just, they were so close. Uh, But they did have, you know, those little niggly mistakes that cost them, for example, in their free dance, which was, I think it was packaged so well, in my opinion. They had great posture, the costumes from both of them. Her short hair is like the biggest mood. Uh, And the choreography, they consulted with Antonio Najara, who is a Spanish flamenco dancer, and he's choreographed for so many skaters like Harvey Fernandez, Jeremy Abbott, Stefan Lambiel, a bunch of the dance teams, uh, Anacina Pazerat's OD in the 
2002 Olympics, like a bunch of really top skaters. And it just tiny bubble from Sara in the Twizzles. And they had a one point deduction due to an overextended lift, which sucks. But all I could think of was that would not have happened if you were coached by Barbara Fusapoli and her stopwatch. <laughs> I feel like my personality is like the opposite of Barbara. Like I would not be caught dead with a stopwatch and not because I don't think it's useful, but just because like that would just never be an extension of my body. I'm like the most type B person like you'll ever meet, but I'm also like anxious when things don't go according to plan. But the stopwatch strap though, it's like bright yellow slash orange and like it's so clear and she was like swinging that around with so much pride and I was just like, this is my favorite thing of the entire dance event. <laughs> Maybe she'll be uh, organized and strict enough for both her and myself. <laughs> that was a therapy uh, journey I didn't need to go on at this point in time. <laughs> anyway. They scored 111.87 in the free dance and was the first dance team out in the free dance to hit over 50 in PCS. So like that was a good effort from them, but they were only like 2.2 points away from getting that coveted 10th spot, which went to Tiffany Sogorski and Jonathan Guerrero. Oh, with the greatest showman rhythm dance. Um, it's not that I'm not a fan of them. It's just that they're still skating to The Greatest Showman at this point in my life. (laughs) Um, And there are also like six different songs in this rhythm dance, which is really a skill of whoever cut this thing, because like the it's always that one cut into The Greatest Show where I'm like, this is so jarring. It startles me every time. I hate it. My poor heartbeat. (laughs) We mentioned this in the men's as well. Like it's almost impossible to have a good music transition for Greatest Showman. Which is a shame because, like, I enjoy the movie. I enjoy the soundtrack, especially the remix. There are some really great folks on the Greatest Showman remix soundtrack. But I am honestly just kind of tired of this Greatest Showman program. I could use a break. (laughs) I think a lot of the Ice Dance teams have run into that problem. And we'll get to the teams who have the exact same problem because they have kept the same rhythm dance pattern and theme from last season. And obviously that's been infected by COVID and I think it was the right decision, but yeah, these, some, some of these programs, they do get tired and I feel like Tiffany and Jonathan definitely got impacted by that, especially when it's weird. I I forget the, that weird music switch right after the start. I forget about it every single time. Oh, and every single time it feels like I'm experiencing it for the first time and that's not a pleasant feeling, is it? But then I forget that that music switch happened once the Finstep beat kicks in. And I'm like, oh, yay, happy Finstep beat. And then so it surprises me every single time. But they skated fairly early in the rhythm dance compared to how much we've seen them this season, which were like, why are they starting so early? But I, comparatively, they had a really strong performance and definitely were the, you know, the top of their warm up group. Yeah, they definitely were. I think that I think the issue is that not only uh, did a lot of teams keep their rhythm dance from last season because the rhythm dance is the same, but we also had Russian team exhaustion with these two because they've skated so mm-hmm. much this year, and all we've done is recap Russian competition comparatively to everyone else. Yes, exactly. So we're like doubly exhausted. But I think their Survivor program is a lot stronger than their Greatest Showman rhythm dance. I know that they've said 
that this is one of their favorite programs and I guess you can really tell because they seem to enjoy it so much when they're skating and it definitely translates. Yeah, it for sure does. I'm also, sorry guys, I'm a little tired of the Survivor program too. It's not that it's bad, it's just that we've seen it a lot. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen Alina Zagitova skate to it for our exhibition, Sasha Trusova's skating, like a game of Survivor type theme. So it's, there's a lot of Survivor happening, but that opening rotational lift with Jonathan on one foot was real nice. And then, I don't know why, but that curve lift where Tiffany stands up right on the I'm a survivor moment. It gives me chills every single time. You know that they choreographed that straight to the music. And I'm like, mm, get it. Yes, I definitely do love that moment. Uh, there were just kind of like small errors here and there. Um, the sync, they weren't totally synced up at several points in time. They lost a few levels in their step sequences. They were also not very happy with when the scores came up. Yeah, they seemed like quite disappointed, like in their eyes, because we couldn't see the mouth. They were wearing masks, of course. But I mean, all season long in Russian competitions, they've been scoring like the mid 120s. And here they only scored 112.87 for their free dance. So I think they were definitely shocked by that. And this is what you were talking about, how comparatively we've seen so many Russian competitions this season, like it seems like an overload, right? Even though in a normal season, this is the same amount of competitions that they do. So it's quite surprising that they've ended up 10th, especially when you're like, oh, they've always been in the top three in Russia. And then you realize there's also another world out there. Yes, there is a whole other world out there, imagine. But why don't we move on to our ninth place finishers? Another shock. Surprising and disappointing at the same time. Uh, yes. Caitlin Hawaiik and John Luke Baker. And I just can't understand for the life of me why judges and U.S. figure skating just can't get behind these two. It really breaks my heart because this season their programs are like so impeccable saturday night fever has always been impeccable but like this philip glass yes. is literally like a work of art like it's one of my favorite free dances if not my favorite free dance of all these teams like i said in our previous episode i can't remember which philip glass is having a great ass season <laughs> such a great season and it's so good because i'm such a fan of his music and i don't know how long i've been waiting for philip glass to appear in skating circles so Plus, there's no more bleeding abdomen costume for Caitlyn. I love this version of Caitlyn's dress in the free dance. It's gorgeous. But let's start with the rhythm dance, Saturday Night Fever. Just give them a medal for the opening alone. Oh my gosh. I just, I love this. But they're always, their scores just always pop up. And Caitlyn is just so sad. And that makes me sad. I think it's almost a similar situation to Tiffany and Jonathan, right? Where... USFS has put on competitions this season. Skate Canada didn't put any competitions on. Comparatively, we've seen Skate America, we've seen US Nationals, we've seen ISP Points Challenge. So it seems like they've competed a lot. And so it's so almost surprising to see them in ninth. A very similar situation, I reckon. But they did have like a few niggly errors that I think just cost them in their fin step. They got a no, yes, no, yes pattern step level three from both of them level four on the twizzles but just like a little bit out of sync and the goes weren't they didn't get into the fours and the fives they were mainly like plus one through threes 
Yeah, and you know, the difference between the points or the total points between them and Fournier, Baudry, and Sorensen, who are immediately above them in eighth place, um, they scored 188.51 in total, and the Canadian team scored 196.88. So that's like a pretty big spread of points between the two of them. That makes me a very sad, sad human. Me too. I mean, in the rhythm, this is what we were talking about. A lot of the dance teams were tight in like certain clusters. Rhythm dance, they were only half a point behind uh, Zahorsky and Guero. But then like, I mean, they did they did better in, uh, in the free dance. Like we said, Heart of Glass, first movement by Philip Glass. It was, it's a beautiful, beautiful program. They were very light across the ice. I thought they had good speed as well. Their execution, just a little bit lacking. Um, diagonal step was level three. One foot uh, step sequence was level three from both of them as well. A lot of like bobbles here and there. We got a lot of plus twos and plus threes on the GOE score sheet. So it was so heartbreaking because Caitlin was shaking her head in the kiss and cry when the scores appeared. And they were so sad and I was so sad. I was a sad, sad baby. This combination of programs is just immaculate. The contrast between them, the way that they skate them, the way that the programs are set up. Oh, the range. range. I love to see it, but judges. Disappointing for everyone, really. Like They scored 113.43 in the free dance, which is around 10 points lower than they used to this season. Skate America, they scored 121. U.S. Nationals, they scored 127. They did get more levels there, but it feels like the levels here just really caught everyone in the free dance especially. Yeah, definitely hurt a lot of scores. Okay, let's talk about our team in eighth place, Laurence Fournier-Baudry and Nikolai Sorensen from Canada. I really enjoyed their rhythm dance. I think their take on Bonnie and Clyde was so so good the costuming everything there was a lot of like gun action and i was like "Mm." but i think the packaging was was super super great but very much like caitlin and jean luc their key points were a no yes no yes level threes in the pattern step but great twizzles with the music it was really really creative both level fours okay i thought it hilarious though so the canadian judge had them sixth after the rhythm dance and the Japanese judge had them 12. Oh my gosh. The, when we speak about Caitlin and John Luke's range, when we mention range here, <laughs> totally different. That is some range. That is really some range. <laughs> but I wasn't so much a fan of their free dance. It was, I don't really know what the theme was. It was a bunch of, it was like a mix of music. But I mean, part of it is music from The Last Kingdom. So let's go with like a, westernized middle eastern fantasy theme um so the music started out with spoken word as well and i was like "Mm, i'm not a fan of this one but that straight line lift though so 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 difficult he was on one foot uh but the one foot was like up forwards she was like forwards in I don't know go watch it I can't really explain it it was so 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 difficult and I was like I was stunned but that was probably the only thing that caught my eye this entire free dance I just yeah I know it was full of transitions and difficult ones but it just didn't deliver the desired effect for me 
Yeah, I definitely prefer the Bonnie and Clyde uh, to their free dance. Uh, that being said, it's not a terrible free dance, but I, I really enjoy the Bonnie and Clyde. It's actually one of my favorite rhythm dances out of everyone. Yeah, me too. So they scored 119.01 in the free dance, which is only 0.04 behind seventh place finishers Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson. Yes. Uh, okay, so Lila and Lewis. Oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, faves. Love them so much. Um, but they just have improved so much. They have, okay, the yes. thing that I've noticed that they improve is, like, they're really good at course correcting when they're a little bit off. It doesn't, like, completely throw mm-hmm. them off because kind of in the past when, you know, one of them's a little bit off, I found that it kind of, like, goes off kilter and veers off the road a little bit quickly. But they're, they've really improved in their course correcting. They've really improved in their ice coverage. I love to see it. Love them. The improvement in mental side and performance execution, that is big that is very very big and their blues brothers rhythm dance i've missed seeing them skate so much they have such a great energy when they come out on their ice like they might not you know have the best goes and all of that but i love their charisma they've got they've got that energy that grabs you you know that's a it's an x factor type thing yeah they are just so is peppy the right word? I think that, okay, if we're going by Animal Crossing. They would definitely be peppy. Yeah, they would definitely they would be definitely peppy be villagers. Peppy. Like, they wouldn't be, like, cranky. They wouldn't be normal. No, they would definitely no, be peppy. No, no way. 100%. I mean, Lila is a podcaster. That is peppy to a T. <laughs> I mean, if we're going by that definition, then you're also peppy, so. Oh, that, but I, mm, that, that is actually true. Maybe I'll retract that <laughs> connection. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm a peppy villager. I don't think I am. I'm a peppy villager. I'm at best normal. At best normal. You're probably snooty. I'm at best snooty. Yeah. Okay, but isn't Claudia snooty? Like Claudia the villager? Yeah. See? She is snooty. I think she's snooty. Yeah, she has to be snooty. Well, a pink tiger. That doesn't describe my personality, but snooty probably is the best representation. Anyway, too much Animal Crossing talk. <laughs> Let's talk about their fantastic free dance that we everyone just loves. It's to Vogue and Like a Prayer by Madonna, and it just slaps. It goes off. It's so good. I actually thought they were a little bit underscored in PCS here. I mean, but that just could be my disco Ooh, okay. bias uh, coming out of my body. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is a connection I made like just today. They are my Amanda Bynes and Matt Long, a.k.a. Sydney White and Tyler Prince from, obviously, Sydney White, the movie. Oh, my gosh. We'll talk about this more in the gallop, but, like, yeah. this is so true, right? Like, I, I texted you, and I was just like, am I the only one who gets Amanda Bynes vibes from Lila? And you're like, no, she looks exactly like her. I'm like, yeah, oh, thank God I'm not crazy. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. And that's a compliment, P.S. Yes, it 100% <laughs> That's compliment. a compliment. Love Amanda Bynes. <laughs> okay, anyways. That's enough teen movies and Animal Crossing, although we should probably start another podcast for that as well. Uh, But let's talk about what happened in the free dance as we do on the the figure skating podcast. (laughs) It's still a figure skating podcast, just about. Um, I think they were, they were decent. They lost a few levels here and there. Lewis dropped a level in the twizzles, but the lifts were really good. I really liked their stationary to rotational lift plus fours across the board, except for Judge Four, who ruined the line. I was really mad about that because, like, you could have had a really nice, you know, clean GOE sheet. Anyway, rude. Um, I rude. do. They did well. Not their best. They could have done better, but they did well. 
The Vogue free dance is definitely a fave and the judges seem to appreciate it as well. They gave it a 119.50 and I reckon they satisfied with that score. And they were almost 8.5 points ahead of Hawaii Can Baker, which I don't think I agree with. I mean, that's not to ding Lila and Lewis at all. Just the points gaps at Worlds just really... Blows my mind. Don't agree with. Blows my mind too. It's, mm, <laughs> it's odd. Maybe Caitlin Hawaii will send the judges to David Copperfield so they could get, uh, they can volunteer to be sliced in the box where you cut someone in half. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That was too slasher movie for this setting. I apologize. Another teen movie, right? Freaky Friday. Let's Another go. Team. Scream Queens. <laughs> Pretty Little Liars. Wow. We're I'm going just there. I'm just naming things at this point. I need to stop. <laughs> it's going like the quality is going down. <laughs> quality is decreasing. With every teen TV show that I name, I'm exposing myself. But but we love it. It's part of the personality and we don't judge here. We're not judges, but we pretend we are couch judges for this world. All right. With that, let's move on to sixth place finishes. Italian team Charlene Guigonard and Marco Fabri, who skated a wonderful rhythm dance to Greece. I am so here for this dance. Yeah, I'm not usually... Greece programs are usually kind of hit or miss for me, mostly because I'm a huge Greece fan and I'm very defensive and loyal to Greece. They can be really cheesy. I didn't think... I think this was just like right on the nose. Yes, I totally agree. And like that's the thing with them is like I think that a lot of people think that like... based on the criticisms that I've seen is that like they could be old fashioned or maybe some of their programs are a little bit traditional, but like they deserve so much more than they are given by everyone. I think they were very much underscored here, just like Jean-Luc and Caitlin in in the same family of like grossly underscored. I felt very sad for them because I really enjoy them and I would, I would and have, Wong and Leo. Yes. And I would, I would have these two higher up. I do. I, I disagree with the judges. I mean, that's been the theme here, but I truly, really, really disagree with the judges here. Yeah. I mean, guys, traditional, that's a personality in and of itself. So like, it's a style. Okay. Just let, let them be. Okay. Uh, anyway, Really cool and innovative straight line lift in the rhythm dance. Charlene had awesome like three quarter leggings on. Nice. She was also lip syncing We Go Together. And I was just like, thank you for including We Go Together in this Grease medley. Like I, I remember skating to a Grease medley myself and especially this part. So I have a, I have a connection with this, with this song. Yeah, also, can we just point out that, like, she makes three-quarter length leggings look good? Like, as a person who's 5'2", three-quarter length leggings make me look like a preschooler. And that's coming from someone who is a mom (laughs) to a preschooler. And that makes me look like a classmate and not a mom. And that upsets me greatly. So just kudos to Charlene for being able to pull these off. Good job. (laughs) Kudos to them for also getting three out of the four key points. It was a yes, yes, no, yes. Great twizzles, nice and fast. And I also quite liked their free dance. It was a 180 swing from the Grease rhythm dance. They skated to the Atonement soundtrack. And I think they did a really, really lovely job. Oh my gosh. Okay. Atonement has been one of my favorite movies for a long time. Just in case you guys didn't know, fun fact about me. I went through this period of time between like 2009 to maybe 2011 where I was just obsessed with like Kira Knightley movies. <laughs> it's, that's not a bad obsession to have. This was one of them. Is this one of the only, like, real person movies that's made it into your faves? 
Um, probably. Uh, also, uh, Mary Kate Nashley, New York Minute, and The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Ooh, quality choices. Quality choices. Also, Camp Rock, the original. Ooh, yeah, the original. Mm, yeah, original slaps. I actually wasn't that much of a Camp Rock fan. <sighs> no, like when it when it was first out, but I appreciate it later in life. <laughs> it's true. It's it's a classic. And High School Musical three, which is a superior High School <gasps> Musical. I actually think two is superior. I what? think two slaps with the fish song. Yes. Stop. That's why it slaps. Get out of here. No. Take your fish and move on. <laughs> you can take your bird and move on. I'll take my fish. But I don't like birds. <laughs> I don't like that fish either. Oh. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Marco Fabri is like Jean-Luc sized and I love it. But he also makes a very convincing James McAvoy from Atonement. I also went through a huge James McAvoy phase. So this was right on the money with both Keira Knightley and James McAvoy. My James McAvoy phase hasn't ended. It's true. Life is life is just one big James McAvoy phase. That should be the title of this episode. Life is just one big James McAvoy phase. <laughs> Okay, let's actually talk about this atonement free dance and what they actually like skated like. Um, their GOE sheet had barely anything lower than a plus three. A few plus two scattered around, mainly from Judge Two, so we're looking at you, but a lot of plus fours, which was great. Fast twizzles. They got a lot of level three, so they could have gotten better levels, but let me tell you, Barbara Fusapoli again showing up and being the highlight of the event for me. She was clapping so hard after they finished. Like it was, you could hear her claps from like a mile away. And then she was banging the boards with their guards after they finished. She was such a hype man for them. Such, well, hype woman, hype person. Barbara's just doing the most with her stopwatch, Barbara and her stopwatch. They're probably both still in the James McAvoy phase, Barbara and the stopwatch. Mm -hmm. That explains a lot. That explains so much. <laughs> it does. The taste. The taste, I tell you. Yes. I mean, you can definitely tell that they've been skating together for such a long time. They've got a great connection. They've been together on ice and off ice since 2009. And they definitely got rewarded in, in terms of points. They got 124.16 in the free dance. They did score 81.04 in the rhythm dance as well. So overall well done to them i think they uh they showed themselves quite well here yes i still would have given them more points judges are stingy with these points oh, judges but yeah they they did place really well i may have even had them like in fifth they did so well and i just think they're so underappreciated so underappreciated mm, but the thing is right with politicking in ice dance they wouldn't have made it in the top five even if they skated better even if they invited James McAvoy onto the ice. Yes. That doesn't take anything away from the top five teams, though. It's just, it, it's it's tight and there's a lot of politicking. I agree. And there was only like a three, three and a half point spread between Stepanova and Vukin and Guinard and Fabry. So mm. who knows? Who knows? So I guess let's talk about Stepanova and Vukin then. They had an interesting competition, didn't they? Oh man, yeah. I the theme in the Moulin Rouge rhythm dance was I was watching one thing on the screen and thinking that I should get a score, and then kind of adding a couple of points to that score and seeing it appear on the screen. Mm. Look, first and foremost, this music change. Why did they change the ending music? The previous iteration of this Moulin Rouge rhythm dance was so much better. 
I I'm I'm I don't get behind this music change. I really don't. Yeah. It, it was originally called All Four Key Points, and everyone who was watching was going, mm, "Sasha clearly made a mistake." What? It was changed to No Yes Yes Yes. So Sasha bubbled in the twizzles in the pattern step sequence, which was interesting because they started out with such great crisp twizzles. Uh, both got level four with all plus four GOEs and that was deserved. And then it just gets messy from, you know, the pattern, well, from the really from the fin step onwards. It was quite a messy rhythm dance. And yes, then normally not as polished as Sunitana Katsalapov, but this was not characteristic of them. The last lift was a little wobbly as well from them. Definitely not as good as I've seen them do. And even Mark Hanretti was like, will reputation keep them above the Canadians? The Canadians being um, Lawrence and Nikolai. And then the scores came out and we were like, the answer to that question is yes. Yes. (laughs) The answer to that question is yes. Okay. So if we're looking at the rhythm dance alone, they were fifth in the rhythm dance. Uh, Guinard and Fabry were sixth and Fournier, Beaudry and Sorensen were seventh. I would not personally have had them in fifth because Guinard and Fabry were underscored. I do think Stepanov and Buchan were overscored and they were within a two-point gap, a little bit under a two-point gap. I would have had them switched. I really would have. It was just, the score was not sus. Like, the mistakes were so clear and they know they didn't do well, but they came out with an 83.02. Like, they're good ice dancers. They really, really are. I've got such a soft spot for them. But judges, if you're going to fix the competition, make it less sus, please. The PCS, they were only 0.01 behind Piper and Paul, despite the clear mistakes. Oh, man. And we all know that if you make mistakes, your PCS definitely get affected. But like, judges, come on. Yes. I mean, definitely in the free dance, and we'll talk about, you know, that in detail in a little bit. You can tell that Sasha was hesitant and tentative throughout the whole program because she knew she made mistakes in the rhythm dance. And like, God, mm, the points, ladies and gentlemen, in terms of judges, the points. There were so many of them. So many points. Be more inconspicuous, please. Like, don't like literally shout off the rooftop. Hey, we have everything fixed. Yeah, the GOEs were just huge. I was like, for that curve lift, for that fin step, are you sure about this? Um, I, I Yeah, like, I just don't know what it was. Like, were they tired? I don't know if they were struggling mentally. I don't know what was happening. It just probably was an off day for them. I mean, they definitely improved in the free dance. It, to me, it was much improved in terms of cleanliness. They were definitely a lot crisper and tighter in the free dance. And it's enjoyable. Interesting music mix. Uh, they mixed Aonati with JT, Justin Timberlake, and I actually like this transition. It's the one time where I've liked a Russian music transition. I mean, Cry Me a River just takes me back to middle school dances. I hid right next to the Chex Mix at the Food and Punch table, drank Mountain Dew, ate Chex Mix. It was a good time. Did not dance with anyone. Definitely a mood, that middle school dance. Lovely, lovely twizzles. Uh, even Hanretti said that they should get maximum GOEs for them. And GOEs were mainly plus threes and plus fours, though. And I was like, consistency in judging is really not there. Like, they give with multiple hands when giving with multiple hands isn't warranted. But then when giving with multiple hands is warranted, they're just like, hmm, no. 
Yeah, I I mean, I did enjoy the free dance more than I enjoyed the rhythm dance. I think they would say yeah. the same. I think their reactions said pretty much the same. But um, Sasha had great lines in the free dance. They were not quite there in the Moulin Rouge. Things were a little bit messier. Um, but the speed was just kind of not where they usually are, especially in the second half of the free dance, and especially compared to Guinard and Fabry before them. Like, Guinard and Fabry are, like, impeccable. Um, they have so much ice coverage. They skated very well. Yeah, so much yeah. speed. And just, like, the contrast, I was like, hmm, this is a contrast. The contrast was, yeah, it was really good. I actually quite like the um, Stepana and Bukin's free dance, though. It's very modern. And in, if you're going to compare Guigonard and Fabry with Sasha and Vanya, I think they're very close. It's just <sighs> Sasha and Vanya did not skate their best here, and it obviously wasn't reflected in the scores. But, like, okay, here's an example of consistency in scoring. So uh, Stepana and Bukin's straight line lift is a level four, they got six plus fours, one plus five, one plus three, and one plus one. The range in the wrong way. <laughs> the range in the wrong way. That sounds about right. Uh, this judging panel was odd. Anyway, uh, I think uh, we, we've seen better from Stepan from Buchan. I think they were lucky to be fifth in the rhythm dance. But, I mean, it is what it is. And I still, I still have a soft spot for them. I really, really like them. Yeah, and let's talk about our fourth place team, actually, because another team that I do have a soft spot Ooh, for. Yeah. And yeah, I think that... Didn't deliver. No, they did not deliver here. And you could tell that they were a little disappointed when the scores came up um, and they ended up behind Piper and Paul. And that, of course, is uh, Madison Chalk and Evan Bates from the U.S. <sighs> I mean, first of all, does anyone actually watch Evan Bates in the short program? <laughs> Or in the rhythm dance, sorry, not the short program. I, I watch him in the free program, but not in Two Don Hot, because Maggie just takes center stage, and rightfully so. Like, hello. And I think Evan knows that. He's just like, let me show off my beautiful girlfriend. Yes, I, I agree. Um, not their best showing. They've definitely, I mean, first of all, this program has been really great for them. I think they have kind of perfected it, and we've seen them do it better. This yeah. is not, not their best showing of this program. I mean, we've definitely seen too many two down hots, but I did note that, you know, especially with this costume, it makes it look like I'm watching two down hot for the first time, which is what you want. It is definitely what you want. They're free dance, a, a different story there in my personal opinion. But I think just like Stepana Rambukin, if Stepana Rambukin, their, you know, issue was messy elements and all of that. Chalk and Bates issue was the bloody twizzles every single time. Twizzle. Every time. It makes me so nervous. Every single time they go into the twizzles, I, my heart just, BPM just goes right up. Literally. It's so sad because like in this field, especially in these top five, like you literally have to be foot perfect. Very much. It reminds me a lot of um, the internal Russian pairs competition, like one level, one bubble and you're down a couple of places. Yeah. And, and unfortunately that's what happened here. Evan with the twizzles in the snake dance. Evan, my man, oh. what are you doing, sir? Oh, I mean, twizzles were called level three for both of them in the rhythm dance as well. And then it, it's always the twizzles. It's one or the other. And oh, okay. This Egyptian snake dance, I have thoughts about, right? Um, I do love this dance. I think it's good. Although I still think there are some weak spots in like music and choreo. It, for me, it's like just under X Factor level. Do, do you know what I mean? Like there's so much potential in it. I love the concept, but 
it's very similar to my feelings of Tessa and Scott's Carmen Free Dance. Great, excellent concept. But there's a dead spot in the middle. Am I the only one who feels this? Do you feel the same? Uh, yeah, the snake dances. Okay, I. if I had to pick one of the programs between Too Darn Hot and the snake dance, I might pick Too Darn Hot. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with you there. I think this is one of the cases where I'm like, I think the judges may be tired of this. Even though it's it's got that such such sparkle about it, not necessarily like bam X factor, but you know, the concept, right? I think the judges might be tired about it and they're just like, Maddie and Evan, let's get something different. Yeah, not a lot of improvement with the Twizzles, but I will say that there were improvements elsewhere, such as their speed across the ice, yep. their ice coverage, uh, entries and exits through the lifts. I can see improvements elsewhere. It's just that you can't make a mistake in this this stance no. field. You just can't. And and unfortunately, they did. And, and I'm sad about it. Even I'm going to always bring up Mark Hanready because just my love for him is exponential. Mark Hanready was a former ice dancer himself for Great Britain. So he knows what he's talking about in the ice dance commentary. And he pointed out that legs were looking a little tired for Evan. And I was just like, oh, pointing out minuscule details like that. That's also accessible to non-tech focused skating fans. And he also was just like slightly different angle in that finishing pose from what we've seen in the past. I'm like, this is somebody who is well-researched because that ending snake pose that's always so fabulous wasn't angled directly at the judges. And I'm like, guys, pivot, pivot. (laughs) Anyway, I just think that this was a mood for the entire free dance. You know, just those niggly things that cost them in the end. Yeah, it really did. And again, in a field that was this tight, they just can't afford to make mistakes like that. And the team that edged past them, I mean, in a well-deserved way, is our bronze medalist. From I Canada. can't believe I'm actually saying this world bronze medalist, Piper Gillis from Canada, Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier. Oh, so heart. happy for them. They definitely deserve the bronze medal here. That free dance was spot clean, impeccable. They came second in that free dance, beating out Hubble and Donahue. Oh my gosh. Okay. But like one of the highlights of this was that this is kind of like my spirit embodied, but Keegan Messing in the audience waving a 20 foot Canadian flag, truly the highlight of the event. It's big dad energy. And this is great because Keegan's about to become a dad. Congratulations, Keegan and Lane. I literally say this every episode, but this is such good. Could you imagine him at his child's preschool waving a flag that had Mm -mm. his child's name on it and it's cowboy hat? He loves Canada so much. He's there for every single one of his teammates he had the cowboy hat on this happened in um before the free dance where a lot of the skaters called watch and keegan was just straight out there supporting everyone he, he almost stole the show almost stole the show but before we talk about piper and paul's free dance let's talk about mac and mabel because this is actually probably one of my favorite rhythm dances from like the past two seasons. Yeah, there was a little, you know, there were little things here and there. The fin step started a little bit off and uh, it reflected in the key point scores. They were ahead of Stepanova and Buchan, but only by 0.35. And we know that Stepanova and Buchan, they had a very error-ridden rhythm dance. So this score should have been a lot higher. <laughs> in my notes, I literally said they're going to get underscored, aren't they? And hmm, 
Look at that. They scored 83.37 and Stepanov and Bukin scored 83.02. Like what is happening? What dimension are we living in right now? Definitely not in the reality dimension because there were like niggly errors for Piper and Paul as well in this rhythm dance. Thankfully, Piper's hair did not get caught in Paul's costume this time. So that was already off to a good start. But Starting off with really good twizzles, you know, they were really solid, both level fours. They only got two key points, no yes, no yes. Pattern step sequence though, Piper dropped to a level two, um, Paul did get a level four, so little bits here and there. But yeah, that small gap between Stepanova and Bukin, just no. But they cleaned up definitely in time, because they're free dance. Ooh, you could see the improvements that they've made over the years. It was good. It was really good. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, like we said, they came in second in the free dance. Uh, they scored 130.98 over Hubble and Donahue, who were in third for the free dance, who scored 128.66. And I mean, well deserved it. That's what should have happened. They were actually quite close to Vika and Nikita quite close and that's that's actually really exciting they had a very similar goe score sheet they had a one point disadvantage in terms of technical base value compared to sanitana katsalapov but the main difference in that free dance was the pcs which was one point higher and obviously you know the technical score and all of that but they were close the improvement and judges gave with hands Thank goodness, like they deserve. Yes. The only place where they lost levels, well, the two places where they lost levels was with the one foot step and also with the diagonal step, but everything else was level four. Everything else was GOEs through the roof. I think it was great. And I'm so glad that the judges are finally recognizing them like they should have been for years. I know. I thought they had such good flow across the ice. Everything looked clean, crisp. The program looked very seamless, which is definitely what you want. They have kept this program from last season, so they definitely have had time to really hone in on those fine details, and it showed off. Definitely, you can see the improvements and all of that, like I mentioned. They also got three tens in the PCS sheet, and nothing below a plus three. Well, okay, well, Judge 3 gave them a plus two in Twizzles, but it was the only plus two in the entire sheet, and like Judge 3, that score was thrown out anyway. Like, I don't care. But Joss, they screamed so happily when they got their scores in the Kiss and Cry. I I was so happy for them. So, so, so happy. They scored 130.98. They were ecstatic. They literally screamed. Oh, it was so good to see. It was truly. It was, I'm at a loss for words. Like, you should really just go and go and watch this if you have them to. It was something else. It was something else. I, I'm I'm so happy for them. They get the silver small medal for the free dance as well as that overall bronze medal. Ugh. Deserved. Every single bit of it. I'm so happy for them. Yeah. Before we uh, wax poetic for an hour about Piper and Paul, let's talk about our silver medalists. Yes. Uh, Maddie Hubble and Zach Donahue from the U.S. And oh, I'm going to say again that I don't, not a big fan of these programs that they have, especially Hallelujah. I'm so sorry, Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that they changed their rhythm dance to burlesque, though. I, it's done a lot of good for them. Yeah, because last season we had 
my heart belongs to daddy and just those words escaping my mouth is truly a repulsive act of mine at two <laughs> in the morning here sitting at my kitchen counter ah oh well anyway they got Patton step sequence both got level fours great job for them they got three of the four key points midline step was a level three twizzles they're always great it was a really good rhythm dance from them. It, it was really, really solid. They scored 86.05 and had a base technical score higher than Sunitana and Katelipov. I really enjoy the twizzles in this rhythm dance. Um, I honestly just feel like this huge sense of relief because we don't have to watch My Heart Belongs to Daddy. And not watch because they're very pleasant to watch, but we don't have to hear My Heart Belongs to Daddy. And that brings me a great amount of joy. Uh, what doesn't give me a great amount of joy, though is the clarity in the protocols in terms of you can see which judges are politicking for which skaters. For example, Judge 6 did not love Sunitsa and Katalipov, but they did love Hubble and Donahue and gave them higher PCS and higher GOEs. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> can, can we get some, like, consistency? And, like, uh, we, we all knew this was fixed, though. Based off of that rhythm dance, uh, everyone was just like, oh, it's confirmed. But, yes, anyway, hallelujah, free dance. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I try to like this program, I do, but not my fave. However, I do like the way that they skate it. I do. I, I enjoy them. I just think that their programs are not quite at the caliber as they are, and that obviously is no knock on their choreographers. I just think that their programs could be a little more on point. Hi, Scott. Hi, Scott. No knock on you, Scott. No knock on you, Scott. You actually did very well with choreographing this program. Uh, but I couldn't have said it any better. I'm completely on the same page as you with this free dance. But, I mean, they did drop a few levels. One foot step sequence, level three from both. Circular step was a level two. But plenty of plus fours and plus fives for Hubble and Donahue. So, I mean, Maddie also dropped a level in the Twizzles. Bloody Americans and their Twizzles, man. Giving us pain every single time. Side-by-side mm -mm. side jumps and twizzles. When will we get them in order? <laughs> Never. Never. All right. So Maddie and Zach did end up second overall. They got that silver medal. They have been – this is their second time placing second at Worlds. The first time they placed second at Worlds in the 17 to 18th season. They placed third in the 18 to 19th season. So – I mean, consistency, right? Good job for them. But I guess it's time to move on to our winners of this event. First time world champions, Victoria Sinitsna and Nikita Katalipov, which really, this wasn't a surprise to anybody. No, I, I wouldn't say that I would. If we interviewed 100 people, I think zero would say that they were surprised. Um, Singing in the Rain, not my favorite program for them. I feel like I'm like just raining on everyone's parade but not my favorite program for them but they singing did... in the rain raining on everyone's parade ha 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 oh Sorry. my gosh i didn't even make that connection it is late i am hungry i'm going to eat a cinnabon um Yum. anyways <laughs> i feel like singing in the rain has such potential for a rhythm dance you know with this theme it falls flat for me in my personal opinion it does but the judges didn't think so they got three tens in pcs from the judges. Wow. Three tens and be that so All PCS was over um, 9.5, except for Judge 6, who I mentioned didn't really like Sunitsa and Katapov. And Judge 6 gave them uh, nines through 9.5s compared to everyone else. Wow. <laughs> A real downgrade there. And look, 
Okay, I'm going to preface everything I say about um, Vika and Nikita by saying I think that they deserve the win. They have improved a lot. They've got such good qualities about them, especially Vika. She's improved, like, in leaps and bounds. But the points, man. So they scored 88.15. And so we all know that Nikita Katalpov does not have the cleanest twizzles. They're, They're quite wild, especially the opening, you know, set. And... They got such high GOE for the Twizzles, and to any, you know, any person's naked eye, Nikita's opening set of Twizzles is always so heckin' wild. Me personally, it doesn't deserve such high GOE, but then what again, what, what is new with this judging panel? What is new? <laughs> Nothing there. Um... I thought that they were going to get all four of those key points, but they actually only got three of those four. So I don't know what was happening here. I mean, obviously it could be me, but could definitely be the judges. I just not the hugest fan of this singing in the rain rendition, but y'all, I, you have no idea how glad I am that they're not doing the Michael Jackson free dance anymore and that they've gone back to their 2019, 2020 free dance. Because oh, that Michael Jackson free dance was, I did not like it. It was rough. Yeah, there is one, however, rough moment in this free dance that, um, it's just a rough moment. It's when Nikita, like, smiles and just, like, slowly struts towards the judges. And I'm like, we don't need to include this. So, okay, so the music is <laughs> Idiorini by Ludovico Enadi and Songs My Mother Taught Me. And so, like, judging by that title, it's going to be a very kind of... Maddie face, like Maddie Ziegler face, if you guys watch Dance Moms. Maddie Ziegler but Niki- face. But Nikita was like beaming throughout this whole she entire dance. so dogs. happy. Why are you so happy? And I'm like, Nikita, you you really, you need that Maddie face. Vika had the perfect kind of pain-stricken smile on. It was bang on. But it was odd to see him like literally beaming. He was so happy. And that's something that I just don't need to see again. Not happy him because he, he deserves to be happy too. But just. It was just <laughs> didn't fit. the. Pro- it was an over smile for the entire program. Yes, it definitely I mean, was. I did enjoy Vika's braid that wraps around the back of her head, though. I I love, you know, the Russian girls and their makeup and braids and hairs and nails. They were, they're always on point with that. But Nikita being wild in the first set of Twizzles, as always, I mean, the rest was was fine, but this free dance was good though. It was it was really really strong. You can definitely see their quality, their strengths. It was a really fast uh, combo spin that they did, and I just I'm really impressed with Victoria Sinitsina. So it's well known that when Vika first paired up with Nikita, she really needed to work on getting her skating skills and level up to Nikita's. And she's done so much. Her edges are a lot more pronounced and deeper. She's a lot cleaner. She gets good power from her edges. Look, I'm not a dance expert. This is just what I can see with my untrained ice dance eyes. But yeah, I I don't know whether Nikita stagnated or like not improved as much, but like big plaudits to to Victoria. I mean, they also did participate in Team Ice Dance Wife Swap when Nikita split up with uh, Elena Ilinik and Elena Ilinik went to dance with Victoria's old partner. So it's just a thing in Ice Dance, isn't it? (laughs) I guess it is. Uh, Something else that's really interesting is that I read something that Asher Hill wrote or said, maybe. I don't know. Asher 
wrote or said something um, that Victoria actually had COVID. She had lung damage and had to be hospitalized. And she was working through knee injuries. So yes, that's a cocktail that I definitely do not want to drink. She she has had rough seasons. So when she did get COVID, it was known that she had a severe case of it. Uh, she said it was a scary, scary experience. Uh, she didn't expect it to be that bad. She, she ended up with partial lung damage. Her coach said that they had to get her to do CT scans to assess the condition of her lungs to decide how hard to train. This was like in December, January. She spent six days at the hospital, then stayed two weeks at home recovering. And when she got back on the ice, she said she experienced like strong dizziness and her legs were wobbling a little. And I'm like, all of this with your knee injuries and like problems with your knees. And I was like, Victoria, please rest more. Like, please. Please do. Um, But with that being said, it was a great recovery from her and COVID that she should have never had in the first place if folks would have been more responsible. But really happy, actually, that she got the gold medal because I've been rooting for her for quite a while. I do. And I do enjoy her a lot. Also, she's the only skater, only ice dancer to have gotten a level four in the one footstep sequence. The only person. Wow. Good job, Vika. In the entire free dance, Nikita got a level three. She was the only skater to get a level four. Oh my god! I think at least I read through the protocols. The only level four that I saw. That's great. So let's go, Vika. Love it. Mark Hanready was also like, maybe not the creativity and originality we've seen from other teams, but class and quality. And I'm like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> Mark, you always put everything in a way that I cannot with the same sentiment. <laughs> Exactly. And that is why he deserves a medal. But congratulations, Victoria and Nikita on winning their first world championships. Definitely a huge accomplishment given uh, the rough season that they've had. So yes. Do you have anything else to add? I do not. Oh, also big congratulations to Piper and Paul. Of course. Of course. 100%. And I guess with that being said, why don't we move into our kiss and cry and our book recommendation for this episode? Okay, book recommendation for this episode. So as soon as we discovered that Marjorie Lejoie and Zach Lagar were doing a free dance to the soundtrack of Rio, we knew that we had to tie it into our kiss and cry book recommendation. So we've chosen a book that features a blue and red bird on its cover, namely This Is How You Lose the Time War, co-authored by Amal El Motar and Max Gladstone. This novella is hauntingly beautiful. The story is centered around two rival agents in the future exchanging letters with each other. We get taken into this wild future where warring factions send agents backwards and forwards throughout time, battling to secure a future that is best for each faction. And unlikely correspondence strikes up between our two main characters, and quickly the initial taunts and boasts grow into something more, something which could significantly change the stakes for every player in the war. The reader gets taken on an emotional and moral roller coaster, much like a lot of skaters at Worlds did to us. And this book is for sure one that sticks with you long after you finish the last page. I read this for my book club last year, and I cannot wait to sit and read it again. We highly recommend This Is How You Lose the Time War, written by Amal El Matar and Max Gladstone. I have had that book recommended to me uh, by several of my friends, saying that this is very much my energy because uh, the book is gay and the book has pining. (laughs) 
the two genders. It's very much your energy. It is very, very much my energy. I know you don't, you know, your sci-fi and fantasy isn't your favorite genre, but I think you'll really like this. I, you know, I've had so many people recommend it to me that I should probably get on it soon. Plus, it has a blue and red bird on the front. And now you know you can't not read it. <laughs> now that the podcast has turned into an Avery, I guess I am just roped into it. Thanks, Marjorie and Zach. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Anyway, this wraps up our recaps for Worlds. It was it was a lot. I think we definitely need some rest and repose after this whole thing, but we're not going to because we've got Gala and World Team Trophy coming up. The season hasn't ended yet, guys. Which we are going to record right now at 2.22 in the morning where I am. <laughs> Fun. <Huzzah. laughs> Thankfully, I don't have to work early in the morning tomorrow. So anyways... I am Joss, and you can come and chat with us at Let's Get Down Pod, L-U-T-Z, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to work with us, please shoot us an email at letsgetdownpod at gmail.com. I'm Claudia, and if you like this podcast and won money in your betting pool thanks to Ice Dancer's highly predictable politicking, please leave us a review and give us some five-star love. We would really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.